Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from Divine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I am so excited that you are walking with me. What that means is we are walking together through God's Word, just about three chapters a day, and uh, you're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters independently and then listen to the podcast, but they're going to be short, 10 to 15 minutes each day, so that you can listen to at the start or the finish of each day, and I believe that it'll bless you as it's blessed. Me. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage is from Psalm 65, 66, and 67. Um, Psalm 65, uh, David is the known author of this psalm, and he says, Praise is due to you, O God. In Zion, and to you shall vows be performed. O you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. When iniquities prevail against me, that's, that's sin, when sin, even sin of the secret heart, sin of the secret place of our, of our inner person prevail against me. You atone, you wash, you cleanse. You redeem for our transgressions. Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. And so just in that first verse, you know, I like, actually today's Psalms really flow together well. Um, and one of the themes in kind of all of them is this expression of that vows are due to you, God. You you are you are worthy of my of my vows, so to speak. Here in a little bit, it, it's I think it may be the last psalm that we talk about today. Um, uh, actually, it's sixty six, but it, it says um, thirteen of sixty six. I will come into your house with burnt offerings. I will perform my vows to you. That which my lips uttered and my mouth promised when I was in trouble. And so what this is, is is a confession, making a practice of confession before the Lord. This is like a little different than worship. It's a little different than, than praise. It's a little different than prayer. It's different than intercession. It's almost a recommitting of the confession of surrenderance and the exalting of God. You know, the psalmist in 66, and we don't have a we don't really we don't have an author for 66, I don't think or 67, but the psalmist in 66 basically said, I performed vows to you when I was, you know, in the heat of the moment. I performed vows to you when I was in trouble, you know, and we've all kind of done that, you know, like, hey God, just get me through this. You know, you know, some, sometimes you make that vow when when you're you know, your estimated miles, you know, till empty is zero and you got 10, you know, you're at a place of 10 miles to the next gas station, you know, God, hey, if you just get me there, you know, uh, people have, we've reached those moments in our life and that's a vow. It's actually me saying, God, I'll be yours. Would you please do this? You know, I'm committing, it's a committing of myself um, it doesn't have to be contingent on God doing something. It can just be that I, hey God, 
I love you and I'm committing myself to you. But sometimes people have made vows saying, God, if you'll just deliver me from this, I'll give you my whole life. You know, I really think that was the confession and the vow that I made when I came to know the Lord. And many others have made the same vow was I was in such a low, desperate place with nothing. And I said, God, my life is worth nothing to me. But if you can use it for anything, then you can have it all. And um, a good friend of mine tells a, a similar testimony of his life, and it reminds him of an old commercial where there was a vehicle sitting in the driveway, and it had a sign in it that said, if you can fix it, you can have it. You know, And I feel like that's how um, a lot of us start our relationship off with Jesus is broke down. But with a vow of, if there's anything you can do with these broken pieces, then I'll live for you forever. Well, the thing of it is, is that's not a difficult vow to make because you're really not offering anything with your pockets, you know, being empty and saying, God, if you put something in there, then you can have, you can have it. Um, What's a little more difficult is then after he has blessed you to then make your vows again. And that's what that's what David says in 65. That's what the psalmist says in 66 is that I made vows to you when I was in a low place and a desperate place and in trouble. You've delivered me and here I am again confessing once again, hey God, you can have me. You can have all of me. You can have everything that you've given me and everything that you will give me. I confess that I surrender again. Vows should be a part of our everyday life. You know, I think there's not a lot of there's not a lot of places where there's a you know practical application in our natural world for vows outside of marriage vows. There's really we don't really even use that word outside of thinking about marriage. You know, and and honestly, you know, I'm not a huge wedding guy. I'm just I'm sorry. It's just uh, we'll have to sit down. I'll tell you why sometime. I'm just, I'm a big marriage guy. I'm not a big wedding guy. I kind of roll my eyes at weddings, just to be honest with you, a lot of the times, because it, it's so much flash. Uh, and it, and it's, uh, the type of wedding that you have means nothing to the type of marriage that you're going to have. And, and the reason why, and I'm not saying that I don't like weddings. They're fine. Uh, I just like, I like, I, I like love and I like marriage more than I like wedding. You want to get eloped? I support you. Uh, <laughs> that's just me. Don't spend a lot of money on your wedding. Save it, put a down payment on your first house, take a nice honeymoon, do something special with it. That's just me. Don't, 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 don't email me about how you disagree. We can disagree on this. It's just that for me, when I sit there and I hear the bride and the groom make their vows to one another, anyone can do that, church. Oh, I'm going to love you and have you and hold you and sickness and health and all the things. And that's great. Praise God. I want to hear those same vows in a year. I want to hear that same vow in 5 and in 10 and in 15 and in 20 because that's when it's hard. Okay, the afternoon before your honeymoon, it's not hard to make a covenant. Can you recommit yourself to that covenant every day of your life? And that's the relationship we're actually supposed to have with our spouses is a confessing a vow. Say, I love you and I'm with you forever and always, you know, and you, and you express that in the way that you love your, your spouse as well. But that's the vow that we're to make to the Lord also is, Lord, here I am again. I surrender to you again. I confess to you again that you're still Lord. You still have my all. Nothing's changed except that you've blessed me and I will bless you. And so I, uh, I just, I think that's a beautiful thing we haven't talked about in the Psalms is just the meaning of what it means to express vows to God. And so David goes on and man, he just starts to, uh, 
express gratitude in how God is moving in everything that he can see and touch. And he is just, you know, you crown the year with your bounty, your wagon tracks overflow with abundance, the pastures of the wilderness overflow, the hills gird themselves with joy, the meadows clothe themselves with flocks, the valleys deck themselves with grain, they shout and sing together for joy. And this is just a psalm of gratitude. I'm performing my vows to you, and God, I see you. I see you everywhere. Everywhere I turn and everywhere I look, I see you. And, you know, that's powerful to, um, you know, we, we can maybe speculate that David's in a high, high place in his life. Um, and we could even try to pin where he may have written this psalm. But I have found that psalms of gratitude and songs of gratitude and prayers of gratitude are... Um, actually the most special when you're not in a season that naturally produces gratitude. I think it's actually the most special to look around and find places where God is moving. Where the in the seasons where the places that you want God to move the most, you don't see Him. If that makes sense, okay? So, there, there's, there's a spiritual maturity, and I just had to do this this morning, just in prayer, because there's, you know, there's a few areas that I'm kind of that are right in front of my face, and I'm just begging of the Lord, move, 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 please, God, in this place, answer, answer. And it's a little overwhelming at times, because that's my focus, and I'm saying, God, move, and if if I don't also take the time to step to pray that prayer and then step away. And then go, and God, I see you here and here and here and here and here and here and here. Because there's a place for the intercession. Uh, that's the, the prayer for the circumstance of the person. And then I also have to have the praise and the prayer for gratitude. Because if not, all of my I'll accidentally implant all of my faith into God moving in this one particular circumstance. Instead of taking a step back and going, my goodness, God, you're pouring out rain upon the whole earth. You're growing up a harvest all around me. You're blessing my marriage, my children, my work, my... And then all of a sudden, you believe again for that one thing that seems like it's so inflated. And, um, and so it, it, this thing's got to shift and it's got to move. And we're praying boldly in faith that it will, but... We're, we're also taking a step back to thank God that he's the God that's not just sitting with hands folded uh, concerning this matter that you're praying for, but that he's busy and he is working and he is moving and he is at the right time going to touch this circumstance. And so I think prayers and songs of gratitude are probably the most essential in seasons where you may feel, and feelings are liars, okay, you may feel like you have the least amount of things to be grateful for, is when you most need to meditate on Psalm 65. You most need to sing about how good Jesus is and how much he's given you, and you need to go through your testimony with the Lord and all the times that he's brought you out of ruin and destruction. You need to start looking around at your life and thanking the Lord for your spouse and your children and the roof over your head and the vehicle that you drive and, and the, and the, you know, $4 a gallon gas that's in your tank. And Hey, you've done it, Lord, and you're going to do this other thing too. And so, uh, Psalm 66, uh, is, uh, he's talking about how just, uh, you know, almost a continuation it feels like though although we don't know that it's from david and we don't know that these are you know necessarily in any um order chronologically 
uh, or if they were around the same time period, but it's a similar theme in the way that they're compiled here anyway, because it's a psalm of gratitude. Shout for joy to God all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him the uh, glorious praise. And, you know, come and see what God has done. Bless our God. Let the sound of his praise be heard. This is a commission, um, uh, really, of what we're talking about again is just, God, you, we, you've taken us into uh, deep seasons and you've even um, tested us. You've tried us as silver is tried, but you've brought us out to a place of abundance. What a blessing that that is. And so this is just a, a um, this is just a, an incredible psalm of just, again, gratitude, but not only just gratitude that God, that they've seen God moving and working everywhere with their eyes, but they can look back on their lives and they can see God moving and working in every season. And even the seasons that were painful, come on to the people in the back today, that, that even the seasons that were painful, I can now look out and see that you were trying me as silver is tried. And that I needed to go through that season and you brought me out of it even stronger. And if that, that gives you the faith if your season is presently difficult to believe that God is doing that again. And he has not forsaken you, but instead he is strengthening you. And so one of my favorite things about this whole passage we read today was um, verse 18. Because it says, if I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would have not, this is 66, 18, the Lord would have not listened. But truly, God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. And I just wanted to talk about that for a second because I think sometimes we put too much an emphasis on the prayer. God bless, God bless, God bless, God move, God move, God move, God bless, God move, God move. And, um, you know, the Bible says, you know, the Lord's not going to answer your prayers because of vain repetitions, meaning that you're not going to just say it enough times that it comes through. There's not a eloquent, there's not a, prayer has nothing to do with a formula. It's not an eloquence of speech that, that moves God. You know what moves God? righteousness moves God. He says, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have even answered my prayer except that, is that, except that my heart is right with you. I'm not cherishing sin. Okay, that reminds me of James where it says that the prayer of a righteous man uh, the, says availeth much or the prayer of a, another translation says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Okay, see we like that and we're like, yes, you know, I pray it and he does it. How about we just take a step to the side and go, God, make me righteous. God, put on anything in me that's offensive to you because I want for my prayers to be effective. But in order for my prayers to be effective, I cannot cherish iniquity in my heart. So cleanse my heart of anything even secretly lurking in the background because I want to come to you with a pure heart and a pure mind as I'm making my request. You know, and even just for the logical reason of if your heart's not pure, you don't even know what to pray. You know, just logically, just think about it. If my heart is wicked or even secretly wicked, I will pray things that are not in God's will and I won't see him moving. And it's not even because he's not listening. It's because I'm not even praying the right thing. But if my heart is in alignment with God's heart, then the things that I'll pray are actually the things that God's wanting to do. And then I'll see them effectively. But then also, in addition to that, if I'm a righteous person and I'm seeking of God, you know, and I'm asking of God, then the word says, that these prayers will be effective because God is, is um, he isn't concerned with um, 
creating integrity in me or humbling me or withholding from me so that I might grow, but that he may actually bless me with more because the word says, if you're faithful with a little, that God could give you more. So if I'm coming before him humbly and righteous and I'm asking for more, then he can trust me with more. And so I just say that to say that we, our hearts shouldn't be on, you know, how to pray all the time and just like, uh, you know, begging and, and knocking, you know, there's a place for that. But the begging and the knocking and, and the and the formulas of prayer and all that, let that come after our earnest desire to be righteous. I think that should always be how we start our prayers. You know, I have a formula, I'm way over my time, my apologies, but I have a formula for a prayer that I've been praying and I pretty much pray this way every day, and I start off with thank you. It's just a, a time of gratitude between me and the Lord. And sometimes it's hard, but I need it, and I force myself to just be thankful. And then I go in to help me. And that's because before I ever offer a prayer for God to bless someone else, I want to first make sure that my heart is right with Him. Help me. Sometimes I have specific things where I know I need uh, guidance and and. Uh, correction and blessing and other times I have to really seek the Lord that he would reveal to me secret things within my own heart and my mind and then I move into please bless which is God bless this person this situation this circumstance this financial state the the church the people the ministry you know my children my wife I, I go through all that but before I ever even offer that prayer I want to make sure that I have attained at least a heart that's uh, broken and contrite before the Lord and humble. And now I'm making my request known to him, if that makes sense. And Psalm 67 is a beautiful psalm. We don't really have any time to talk about it today, but you can listen to the song, The Blessing. <laughs> and this is where it comes from because it says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. And it, it's just a great psalm. And um, it's really just a heart cry that God would shine upon his people and with, with his presence. And that should be our greatest heart cry, more than we desire things and stuff, and more than we even de desire um, for newness of season or uh, uh, prosperity, that we desire more than anything that God's presence would be made known to us because where there is his presence, there is blessing.